Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. And I'm going to bring this pulpit, Sister Burke. She's my favorite preacher. Even better than myself. Can you believe that? But I thank the Lord for my wife. She is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous lady. And we're very honored here at Landmark to be able to have her uh, as a pastor's wife sharing in that pastoral role. I know, and I thank everybody that has helped within this church body, our leadership team, and everybody that participates in everything that is done around here. I do know that um, pastoring and working is sometimes a heavy load, uh, but I've seen people in our church just kind of lift, just lift up and help with so many ministries in the church. And it's been a tremendous help for me and my wife. Uh, but there's nobody that has lifted a heavier load, I believe, than my wife. Uh, and her strength and her prayers and her faithfulness and her love for the kingdom of God. And I do appreciate her. And how many love Sister Burke? Man, God bless Sister Burke. We want her to come to this pulpit. Take her liberty. I mean, are you not going to raise your hand? (laughs) When you're in one of those half-tea situations, you know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for loving me. (laughs) When I don't deserve it, you still love me, and that's a big deal to me. So thank you for that. We are very happy to have our guest here today. Uh... I'm scanning. Okay, I don't know. Oh, there you are, Wendy. Okay, we're happy to have you so much. And Carly, happy to have you too. And our other guests today, can we give them a hand? Very thankful that you chose to spend your Sunday with us. Wow. That makes me feel really special and blessed. I believe if for the next 20 minutes, if we could bring into captivity our thoughts. I know there's a lot going on in our lives. And after church we have a dinner. Please stay and eat. Please. And support our wonderful youth. Thank you for staying and thank you for eating. We have a lot on our minds, a lot going on. But if you just give me about 20 minutes or so. Um, I believe there's going to be a revelation here today. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. A revelation about the love of God. So while you're standing, we'll go ahead and read Romans chapter 5. Starting with verse 1.
Sometimes when you get a woman preaching, you get a lot of tears. I'm not going to apologize. Jesus made us that way. And then I have a mother, so that goes through a box of Kleenexes a week or something like that. Thank God for her tender heart. Romans 5 and 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, in troubles also, knowing that these troubles, this tribulation, works patience. We know that. And the patience that we have because of this trouble works experience. And this experience brings hope. We've been through the trouble. We've experienced it and we know there's hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for all the good people Christ died for all the holy people Christ died for all the people who was worth it well yeah he did that He died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were sitting on a bar stool and while we were cussing someone out. And while we were lying and cheating and stealing and treating everybody ugly. While, during that time, when we were at our very worst, in the depths of sin. Before we ever even got there and he knew we were going to get there. While we were yet sinners. Christ died for us God I thank you for your awesome beautiful magnificent presence here today that you would even grace us with it God is overwhelming thank you for allowing us to be in your holy presence today and thank you for your love that never stops I pray today over our minds, over our hearts, that we can forget about everything else for a few moments. And God, that you would just encapsulate us. Bring revelation to our hearts and to our minds about your love, what it's really all about. Let us see it more clearly, God, than we've ever seen it before. Change us. Make us like you. And I thank you for it. And I give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. So be it. You may be seated. It was a camp meeting a couple weeks ago that we heard a message the first night of camp meeting. I loved it because it was so simple. The man just kind of talked. He didn't scream and yell and run the aisles. He just kind of talked and I, I, I just love the diversity of preaching like that. Um, but he talked about how the best way to persuade somebody to become a Christian. Okay, so I'm all ears. I want to hear this new revelation. I mean, I want to know how to be a soul winner. I know how to talk to people. I know how to explain the gospel. But he was saying he he was going to tell us how to persuade people to be a follower of Christ. And he said it's just with love. I was like, oh man, I've heard that before. I thought I was going to get something new. Well, as the Lord does... And there were some things in his message that he said that provoked this. But as the Lord does, and this is a hint to all of us, the preaching comes forth. Then, up here, or however you, wherever you make your altar. But when you make your altar at the end of a message, that's when we begin to apply that word that was just preached or that was just taught. So as I began to apply the word and I began to pray and I'm like, I don't see any sinners sitting next to me on the pew. And I love everybody. You've heard me say it. I love people. They're my thing. I love them. I talk to anybody and everybody that will listen. I just talk and love people I do I love them but in that moment in the altar the Lord began to tell me (laughs) you say you love people but most of the time Rhonda you're loving them with your love and not mine what (laughs) what's the difference There's a big, big difference. We call 1 Corinthians 13 the love chapter. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. We know that word means love, but it actually means agape. A type of love that is the love of God. His love. I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have the love of God, I am just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I'm not making a difference. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, we give a lot of accolades to people that have those. But if I don't have this agape love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods, 
I give to all the charities. I go serve at the soup kitchens. I do all of that. But if I don't have the agape love of God flowing through me, it doesn't profit me anything. This love, (laughs) it suffers long and is kind. Maybe those two are supposed to go together. While you're suffering long, you're kind. This love doesn't even envy. This love doesn't vaunt itself up. In other words, it doesn't brag. It doesn't even have a selfie mode. This love is not puffed up. In other words, it's not proud. It doesn't behave itself in an inappropriate way. It doesn't even seek things for itself. And is not easily provoked. It doesn't even think evil. It doesn't rejoice in sin. But it rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. This agape love never fails. Never fails. For God so loved the world. We know how to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know the plan of salvation. But do you know where it all began? It began because of love. The love that never fails. We have an initial sign we know of. And we've experienced of speaking in tongues. That is the initial sign of our salvation. But there's more to the Holy Ghost than that. There is a fruit of the Spirit that begins to show up or should show up when we receive His Spirit. Having His love put into my heart by the Holy Ghost is a completely different love than what I had before His Spirit. If I have the Holy Ghost then the love of God is there. Because He's there, right? It's His Spirit. It's inside of us. His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if we have the Holy Ghost, then that love is there. But I'm just not sure if we're using ours or His. We can be driving down the road. I mean, any scenario that you can think of. Some have anger issues. Some are short-fused, however you want to call it, whatever. Some of us are just intolerant. Some of us are just, you know, we just say we've got a short temper, whatever. We have every kind of excuse you can think of because we're human. I get that. But someone passes us on the highway, cuts us off, And we immediately are angry. We're saying things. We're upset. Um, Somebody at work does something and we don't like it. And and we begin to talk bad about them. On and on and on. Uh, We have such a low tolerance for anything that just goes against our grain. 
we read the story of Stephen preaching the gospel. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful ending. It's a beautiful ending on the cross too. When they both, Jesus and Stephen, say, Father, forgive them. For they don't even know what they're doing. And we're like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's how I want to be. But the moment someone crosses us, or someone doesn't even speak to us, or someone just, we just don't like their personality. We don't even get along with them. The moment that that happens, we... (laughs) We don't even know how to show them love because, well, they're just different than me. Their personality is just different than me. On and on and on. And yet Stephen and Jesus, while being stoned and while being his back being ripped open and while nails were going in his hands, excruciating pain, spit upon, despised, rejected in every way, looked up into heaven and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I can think all day long that I would do that. I could put myself and say, well, if I was preaching the gospel and they picked up stones and started throwing them at me, I would just say, oh God, forgive them. In my love, no, it's not going to happen because I'm going to want to pick up the stone and throw it right back at them. That's what we want to do. It had to be. And of course we know with Jesus it was the love of God speaking through him. But even with Stephen, he had to be so full of the Holy Ghost that it was being shed abroad. The love of God was being shed abroad in his heart at that very moment of time. For him to be able to say, the throwing, I mean... You, we cut our finger. I mean, I cut my hand this week and showed everybody. He says, it's a big deal. It hurt. Have somebody throw a rock at you? Not just one rock. They probably tried to find the biggest rocks they could find because they were trying to shut him up. And they did shut him up. And as they were throwing rocks at him to kill him, I, I don't think we can even comprehend it. It just... Have you ever tried, had somebody try to kill you? I mean, like hunt you down and try to kill you? Probably not. So it's hard to comprehend that. But I believe he had to be full of the Holy Ghost and the love of God so much flowing through him that he could say and look at those people and say, God, Forgive them. Don't hold this sin to their charge. But if you cross me and you say something to me that I don't like, I don't speak to you for weeks. If your personality clashes with mine, I don't even cross the church to shake your hand. Do you see what I'm saying? The love of us humans is so different than the love of God. The love of God is what reached to the very man that was holding the coat of those stoning Stephen. That's the love of God. 
who sees past what everybody else sees, who sees past all of our flaws, our failures. He sees past it all. That's the love I'm talking about. And it is inside of me and it is inside of you if you have His Spirit. That kind of love is inside of us. But it's just not showing enough. We love on a condition. You love me back, I'll love you. You treat me right, I'm going to treat you right. We say we don't do it, but we do it. And this is, I believe this is why. Because we spend too much time in the flesh. The only way. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to say me. The only way that I can keep loving you with a love that's anywhere even close to the love of God. The way He loves you. The way that He forgives you every single morning. The way that His mercy is new every day, continuously, 70 times 70 and even beyond that. You go to Him with your sin and and you just confess, God, I'm sorry I messed up again. He's like, okay, I forgive you. Ten minutes later, oh Lord, I'm so sorry, I forgive you. Twenty minutes later, oh man, I didn't mean that, God. I didn't mean to say it. I forgive you on and on. It just keeps going. And yet, you do one thing against me and I don't get over it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks or months or years. I need more of the Holy Ghost inside of me. I need the Holy Ghost to be shed abroad in my heart. What he was telling me is what Brother Sistrunk was preaching about the way that you persuade people to become a part of the body of Christ is not with your love. Because your love is so conditional. But mine's not. It's the love of God that reached to Saul while he was having Christians murdered. When's the last time we have thought about this is what I see that we do as Christians, as followers of Christ. We read the news or we read something online, whatever, and it's somebody that's persecuting the church and they're coming against the church or they're coming against religion and they want to change this law and we just bunch of jerks. What is wrong with these people? What is wrong with this person saying all of this stuff on Facebook and putting it out there? Why are they so against the church? Why are they against this? And God, in His agape love, sees this young man standing there being all of a part of the murder of one of His disciples. Not just observing, but even holding the coat. Here, let me help you out so you can grab some more stones. You don't want to be holding that coat. I'll hold it for you. Because I want to watch this disciple die. I want to put an end to this, all this talk about Jesus. And God, 
He just doesn't see it the way we see it. He goes way down into the depths of a soul. And he looks there. And all we see is an outward appearance or a personality that we just can't get along with. And we're done with him. Do you see the difference in the love? I can tell you I love you all day long and I can mean it. With as much human love as possible that I know of. And I can fool myself into thinking, oh I love everybody. We need a lot more than that old time religion that makes me love everybody. We need a baptism of the agape love of God that says, I don't care what your personality is. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're even persecuting the church right now. I need to throw some love on you. A love that doesn't require anything back. A love that changes the world. A love that he showed to us. (laughs) As I walked up the aisle at church camp as an 18-year-old heathen prodigal, (laughs) this is what I'll call myself, (laughs) I walked away from him, the comfort of a beautiful home and a church. I walked away and out into the world because I just had to see if it was really fun. In rebellion, walking away, but coming back. It was in the state of Texas that all I did was call on that name. That's all I did. And I made a vow. And I said, if you'll get me out of this mess, I will serve you and I will never turn around again. Now I had the love of family and they had the love of God who were fasting and praying for me that the Lord would deliver me and that my heart would get right. And when I got sick of the pig pen and decided to come home, when I began to walk down that aisle at camp, it wasn't the love of family that drew me there. It wasn't the love of even the place, the Illinois campground that I love. It wasn't because, I promise you, there was some accusing eyes there as well because they knew my story. That's okay, whatever. There's always going to be those eyes, okay? But it was the agape love of God compelling me. It was like this rope just pulling on me and would not let me go. I'm walking down the aisle and I'm thinking, oh dear Lord, Rhonda, you're going to have to change a lot of things. Are you sure you're going to do this? Well, here's the deal. You can make the choice and you can backslide again and you can make the choice again and you can backslide again and you can make the choice again and until the Lord comes, (laughs) He just keeps forgiving us. But it was that undying, unconditional. He knew that I would mess up again. 
He knew that I would never stop truly sinning all the way and become perfection in that moment. He knew my heart wanted to be right. And his love just compelled me to come. And it has never stopped compelling me. So here is the point. If we want these pews to be full, and we do, we do, we do, and we're looking, we're searching for the answer. God, show us what to do. And it's okay to try this and to try that. That's beautiful. But on an everyday basis, when I see the people that I work with at Walmart, or if I see my neighbors, and if I talk to my family members, what is going to compel them to come my way is not going to be my love. Because my love has conditions. I hate to admit it. I can say I love my husband all day long and then he just makes me mad. And then I don't want to see him for a while. So I go in the other room till I get over it. Because he's so stubborn. <laughs> I will tell you something though. You know, most of you know this about my husband. He has been, his love for me as a wife has been so much like the love of Jesus. In all the mistakes that I've made, and don't let your mind go to adultery and all that junk, okay? (laughs) Other than all of that, I have made a whole lot of mistakes. You know, he's the head of the household and I just rebel and do my own thing anyway. And then you got to learn that stuff. Do you know what he's never done? He's never brought up the past. He's never brought up my past mistakes. Honestly, before the Lord. I've made a lot of them, but he's never said, well, even in the middle of a big argument, he's never said, well, remember when, no, I I cannot remember one time. The Lord put that in my life. He gave me an example of agape love. The point is this, if, if we truly want to compel people to get in here, be filled with the Holy Ghost, be saved, ready to go to heaven. That, that's what we want to do, right? There's too many people not saved. There's too many people on their way to hell. We, we, we feel the urgency. We can make the difference. But it cannot be with my understanding and my love only it has to be where I'm saturated and full of the Holy Ghost and then that love you know the Bible says it very clearly how are they even going to know who you are (laughs) how is the world even going to know that you are my follower 
It's not because you buy everybody coffee at work. It's not because you do this nice and that nice. And He said, they're going to know that you belong to me by your love one toward another. If there is any, please, can we just each examine our own self? If there is any animosity among the body of Christ right here today, can we ask Jesus to baptize us with his love? His love reaches to Zacchaeus that's in a tree that nobody likes. His love reaches to the woman at the well. He could care less how many husbands she had in that moment. He just knew she needed to find what she was really looking for and that was an agape love. He didn't talk to her all about her past. He said, I know who you are. I know you've been married this many times. The man you're living with, you're not married to him. He stated the facts. But he said, I've got something that you've been looking for. I know you've been married all these times because you were looking for love. But let me give you what you've been searching for. God, help us not... To withdraw love from people that are living in a very, very sinful state. I know we weary of the in and out and watching them try to live for God, but then they live in sin and, and we weary of it. And if we're not careful, we only reach to them with our love and not that love of God that says, Come on. I know you're struggling. Come on. We have a really rough time sometimes with our family members because we know them so well. And we expect so much more of them. But what if... What if we begin to show them the kindness and the agape love that he shows us every single day? What would change? What would change in our lives? I think everything would change. If I could just love the way that he loves me. Every morning, every morning, I have the privilege of kneeling down at my couch and experiencing the mercy and the grace of God. But do you know where that mercy And that grace stems from, do you know where it comes from? It comes from that agape love. I get to experience mercy and grace that we were singing about. I get to experience it every day. You get to experience it every day. All because of a love that doesn't know how to stop. (laughs) 
He can't even stop loving. At the Last Supper, John wrote about it. Luke wrote about it. They're two different people. They saw things two different ways. John was observing. It was like his eyes were glued on Jesus. Because I've been doing my homework that Brother, what's his name, said last week. Cressman told us to read John. So I've been reading John. And so, John's recording what he sees in that, in that moment in the Last Supper. And he's like his eyes are fixed on Jesus he's just watching everything that Jesus does and he's telling it in detail and then when you read about it in Luke Luke's talking about everything that's being said around the table and even though Jesus had just settled the question before with the disciples who's the greatest in the kingdom who's going to be the greatest the way that I look at that and I bring it into our day is who has the title who, what title does someone have? Well, in that moment, and John records it this way, again, sitting in, in the upper room, having the Last Supper, their last moments with Jesus alive, they begin again to say, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Peter or or Luke just gives what they're saying. John says, and after he was after supper, he arose. So I believe it was after that conversation. He didn't even have to answer. He just walks over and does exactly the opposite of what our human flesh wants to do. He grabbed the basin of water he poured it and he grabbed a towel and uh, commentaries say the way that they would sit because that they would sit pretty much on the ground their feet would be behind them they must have been young that's all I can say and uh, they would sit like this and their feet was behind them and so they didn't really even look at the servant that washed their feet you know because it was like the lowest servant the lowest person in the household the one, you know, that can't get a job anywhere, so whatever. They're asking him who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Tell me, Lord, is it going to be me? Am I, am I going to reach that? Am I going to have the highest title? Are people going to look at me and think I'm holy and wonderful and all that? And he just grabs a basin of water and a towel. And he begins to wash their feet each one even the one who would betray him even the one who would deny that he even knew him he washed their feet he views everything so differently than you and I in our humanity I know that we do show love and we do show kindness 
And we give each other the leeway to mess up and fail. But honestly, we may give that leeway for a while. But you keep messing up to me and you keep, you know, coming at me with your words and, and, and you keep whatever against me in my humanity and in my human love. We all have this, maybe what we call this breaking point. This says, okay, I'll love you unless you do it again. <laughs> That's the last straw. We may not say it, but our actions can show differently than that. As this church grows, we are going to see a big diversity of people raised with different backgrounds coming out of different sinful stages anything and everything are we going to put stipulations on our love for people or are we going to love them with the same agape love that Jesus gives to me and you every day of our lives. It's thought provoking, isn't it? I thought I was doing good. Even talked about it. How prideful. <laughs> How prideful that I'm like, oh, I love everybody. Yeah? Yeah, with a human love. Yeah. I mean, I stomp and pet the dogs and everything. But what about the love of God? That says, I don't need anything back from you. You don't ever have to call me. You don't ever have to text me. You don't ever have to pray for me. You don't ever have to do anything for me. You don't even have to love me back. But I'm on a poor Love, forgiveness, understanding upon you the way that He gives to me every day of my life. You see, we have it. If we have the Holy Ghost, we already have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. It's just a matter of changing our love out for His. And the only way I know to do that is to spend more time with Him. Getting to know what that love truly is all about. I believe with everything within me that that's what He wants. I believe He wants us to love those who don't love us back. I believe He wants us to treat people the way that He treats us. That's the love that this world is looking for. You see, I believe 
that the world has become so confused about God because they're seeing our love. They're not seeing His. Yes, I, I know that part of it is His love that we're showing and, and we're being patient with people and all of that. But we tend to have those breaking points. And they read in the Bible about this God that loves, that He's drawn to the sick. He's drawn to the hurting. He's drawn to the sinners. He's drawn to them. He doesn't walk the other way when He sees them. He doesn't go to the other side of the street and He doesn't stop loving them because they won't stop sinning. That's the love that they're looking for. They read about it. And then we're supposed to be that representation of that love. I want a revelation of it. I want to know what he's talking about. I don't want to just know it though. I want to live it. I want to live it. Even with the people inside my household. Where you can just relax and be yourself and be grouchy and all of that. But ultimately, love without a condition. With those that I expect so much more of. Yes, even those. Love without a condition. I'm telling you, I know this is a journey that we're on and this is a part of the journey that may take us a minute to get there. But I know we can because it's in us. It is in us. Let's stand. We probably can quote the scripture. We love to quote it actually. Because it's beautiful. What can separate us from the love of God? Can height? Can depth? Can anything? Can anything separate us from his love? Can it? Can it, church? Can anything? Can sin separate us from his love? That was not meant to be a confusing question. No. The answer is no. That while we were yet sinners... It was his love that put him on that cross. It wasn't the soldiers. It was his love. While we were yet sinners. So can sin separate us from his love? No. The Bible says nothing. You can't even separate yourself from his love. 
we can reject him and reject his word and reject whatever but he's going to keep on loving us we can be rebellious in our heart and still have the Holy Ghost he still loves us nothing can separate us from the love of God and nothing can separate the person sitting next to you from the love of God and nothing can separate your co-workers from the love of God and nothing can separate rebellious family members from the love of God not height not depth you can go as far away from Jesus as you can try to go you can be very far from even a relationship with him but you're never ever far from his love Even when he's not happy with our lifestyle and he's not happy with the decisions that we make, it doesn't stop his love. He's not like us. We do, or we do something to someone and like I said, they they might be finished speaking to us forever even in the church (laughs) even in the church but if that love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost is in full action and if we really are mimicking his love and following him You see, that's why it takes time with Him every day. So we can be who we really need to be and who He needs us to be. You can't make this kind of love up. You can't fake it. It's unconditional. If any man abide in me. And my words abide in you. You shall ask ask what you will and it shall be done. Herein is my father glorified. That you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the father hath loved me so have I loved you continue in my love if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full this is my commandment that ye love one another as 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 I 
have loved you in the way in the way that I loved you how does he love you how does he show you his love every day he grants us mercy every day he gives us grace every day he forgives every day he said it's my commandment church that ye love one another as I have loved you I don't have the right to hold anything against you I don't have the right to hold one grudge because it's a commandment that we love one another as he has loved us no greater love no greater love I'm going to ask you today in your way between you and Jesus to ask him to help us as hurtful as it may be to show us if we're showing our love or if we're showing his it's easy to show his when everything's going right it's easy to show his when you're showing me love but his love it's different Lord we are so grateful to you beyond words today God we're grateful to you that you keep loving us we're grateful that you have never given up on us and that you've never stopped loving us and that tomorrow we can count on that love and as long as we are here God on this earth we can count on that love we can come to you any time day or night with any sin in our lives and know that you're going to love us today God today show us reveal to us what that truly means in us and let that love come alive in our hearts and in our lives to one another to anybody and to everybody without any conditions God show us what it's like to have that agape love would you come today and just apply the word let it be applied to your life today my past was silent